0: 10 listen this man needs no big introduction because you've already heard him preach you know how anointed and gifted he is we are blessed to have today our very own pastor mark sarbulescu coming to this platform to challenge us from the word of god so listen i need you to stand up and we're going to show some love for our very own pastor mark sarbulescu y'all are crazy. You guys can sit down. Come on. I don't need no introduction. Come on. Uh, hey, so good to see you guys. How you guys doing this morning? Hey, I'm just going to say this. You guys got a little bit of uh, catching up to do because first service was wild. They were crazy. They were engaged. They had fun. Can we have fun in church? Is that cool with you guys? Come on. Who's ready? Who came expecting today? Anybody in here? Come on. Did we not just have an incredible moment? Hey, you know what? I just want to say this. I love that we get an opportunity to have moments like that, where we just allow God to manifest himself in his, in his spirit, to allow him to reveal himself. He's here, whether you feel it or not. But the beautiful part is we get an opportunity to engage with him. And that's up to us to make that decision to engage with it. And so, um, you know, many years ago, it used to be me just sitting there when I first accepted the Lord. And I like, I was so scared to raise my hand, but I've quickly realized that that it really does come down to pride. It really does come down to being afraid to just surrender and say yes. But, but may, can I remind us this morning that you are the creation and he is the creator. He's in, he's in charge above all else. Man, I'm excited to be here though. If we've never met before, my name is Mark. I get the honor and privilege of... Um, ministering to our students, our 6th through 12th grade students, and uh, I really believe that God is going to do something special today, so I'm excited. If you got a Bible, actually, first of all, can we welcome all our online audience? Come on, give them a round of applause. Welcome. We're so excited that you are here, that you are taking this Sunday to hang out with us and tune in. Um, it's much better in person. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's like, just condemn people. Hey, why are you not at church? Um, no, we're super excited that you guys are here, and uh, I believe God's going to do something special. So here's what I want you guys to do. If you got one of these handy Bibles, I want you guys to open up to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. If you got your Bible, say, I got it. If you need a second, say, hold up. Oh, none of you, none of you guys need to hold up. Okay, we're going to dive right in. Luke chapter eight. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read a little bit of, I'm going to read a little bit of scripture. Is that okay with you guys? We're going to read about like 15 verses. Um, and then I'm going to do my best to unpack that for you, make it make sense to you. And hopefully you can walk out of here encouraged and equipped. So we're going to go jump into Luke chapter eight. We're going to start in verse 40, and then we're going to land in verse, I want to say 56. And here's the deal, guys. If I pause and I put my mic out towards you like this, you fill in the blank, Okay. Cool? All right. capish. There we go. Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 40, and it begins saying this. Now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. I want you guys to remember that. That's crucial. They were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came, and he fell at Jesus' feet pleading with him to come to his house because his only, a girl of about 12 was, I can't, I can only imagine putting myself in this man's shoes. His daughter is 12 years old. She's a sixth grader and she's dying. And here comes this synagogue ruler. Let me remind you that synagogue rulers thought they were the top of the top, okay? Everybody looked to them as if they were God. They were the cream of the crop, so to speak. They were the elites. They, everybody looked up to them. And here he is getting out of his comfort zone, bowing down to this man's feet, crying in agony for some help. And the story continues. Catching up, where am I? Uh, There he goes. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him. And a woman who was there, who had been subject to bleeding for how many years? Oh, there we see that number again. 12 years. She's been bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. Another version says that she had spent her whole life savings trying to find help. She went to every possible place. She went to every therapy class. She went to every single doctor. She did everything she could for her situation. Apply that to yourself, however that applies. She did everything she could, and yet nothing worked. And here she is, showing up in this, just another person in this crowd, so to speak. Now, let me, let me remind you that back then, if you were unclean, you were not allowed to be in the city. You were to be on the outskirts. You were not to touch anybody. You were not to interact with anybody because it was believed that your uncleanliness would spread. Nobody would shake your hand. Nobody would even acknowledge you. In fact, she has no business being here. And yet here she is, this unclean woman, so to speak, in the crowd, pushing through the crowds to get to Jesus says that no one could heal her. So she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately, how quickly? Immediately. Not a day later, not a week later, not seven months later. Immediately, her bleeding stopped. Woo, I came to preach to somebody this morning that whatever you have been facing or whatever you have been going through, I know it might be painful. I know it may be hard, but I'm here to tell you that it needs to come to the feet of Jesus. And if you have not invited Jesus into your situation or circumstance, you are missing out. You're wondering why things keep not going the way that they want it, that you want them to go or expect them to go. And I'm here to tell you, have you invited or to ask you, have you invited Jesus into that circumstance? Oh, cause many of us in here, we make Jesus savior, but we don't make him Lord. In other words, we don't give him access to every part of our lives. And we wonder why certain parts are untouched because you haven't given him an opportunity to step in. And yet this woman who's bleeding for 12 years, I can just imagine she's like getting through the crowds, like trying to sneak because nobody, she didn't want to be seen. And all she had to do in that very moment was touch the edge of his cloak. Not even a full-on interaction. Touched the edge of his cloak, and she was healed instantly. I want you guys to see this. Jesus then stops. Remember, he's on the way to heal this Jairus' daughter, right? And he's interrupted by this woman. I can just imagine Jairus in this moment. Like, bro, let's go. Hurry up. Come on, how many of us in this room have you ever been in a situation? Where you're about, God, can you just show up like right now? Like, I need you right now. Hurry up, come here. Just wanna let you know God's on time because he's outside of time. He is, he, is, he is time and beyond. He is eternal. He says, I am, not I was, not I will be, not everything in between. He's all of it from A to Z and P. He is the beginning and the end. <laughs> you, guys got, you guys laughed at that one. That was funny. Okay, let's keep reading. He says, who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, every single one of his disciples was like, bro, what? Like, um, we don't know. It's like the Drake concert. It's packed out here. Sorry, you guys listen to country music. My bad. I forgot about that. Country music. Give me a good country artist, somebody. George Strait. There we go. Okay, George Strait. Is, is it packed? Yeah, they're packed house. Okay. He says, who touched me? And they all denied it. And Peter says, look at this. He says, master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. And Jesus stops yet again. He says, no, 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 no. Someone touched me. Okay, he's God, he knows, so why is he asking, imposing such a question? He says, I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, remember this woman that's been bleeding, she's been healed at this point in the story, right? She already knows, she's been Healed. She can literally leave. She's been, she's, she came here, got healed, 12 years, and now this is probably the best day of her life, but yet it's not over. Watch this. It says that the woman could not go unnoticed and she comes trembling and fell at his feet. There we go. We see it again, at his feet as an act of surrender. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him, and how she had instantly been healed. She was instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. I'm going to keep reading. I'm going to finish the story, and we'll come back. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. These people come out of Jairus' house, remember the daughter that's dying, and now all of a sudden they are the people that are diagnosing the situation. Whew. They're like, um, it's over, he's dead. I don't know about you, I can relate to that. That's usually me. When I panic and something doesn't go my way, I tell my wife, I'm like, it's over. She's like, yeah, you're always negative. <laughs> like You're always negative, Mark. Can you look at the positive? And it's so interesting to me because that's kind of how our... Our brain's not wired that way. We're so predisposed to look towards the negative and we think we're so in control yet you can't even control your own heartbeat. God's in control. And it's, I can just imagine and see this moment that Jesus stops for this woman, which may I add that he was proving a point to Jairus about being faithful. Jairus is sitting there. My daughter's dead, Jesus. And this woman was healed. And here I am. She's in the house dead. And where are you to be found? He said, these people come out and they're like, don't bother the teacher anymore. (sighs) Some of y'all got friends like that. Don't ask Jesus for stuff. Just do it on your own. And I'm here to tell you that whatever you build with your own hands, you're gonna have to maintain with your hands. And whatever you gotta maintain with your own hands is at your mercy there's just not enough in you. There's not, you're not enough by yourself. You're not enough by yourself. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe. Some of you this morning, that's, that's the motto that your life needs to be. Don't be afraid, just believe. I don't know whatever you're going through, it's time to stop being afraid, and I gotta start to believe. It's time to put that fear to the side, and I gotta start to believe. And I know that can be hard, but I think there's a reason that Jesus tells him that. It's not gonna be easy, your daughter's dead. But don't be afraid, just believe, because I'm in control. Jesus is in control of this situation. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. And Jesus says, stop wailing. She's not dead, but she's asleep. See, when you're the God of the universe, Death is equated to sleep in his eyes because it doesn't mean much to him because he's in control because he's the author and finisher. He's the one who began a good work. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He's not worried about it. She's not dead, but she's asleep. They laughed at him knowing that she was dead, but he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. See, I read this, when you read it in context, it's not, it really isn't a, hey, wake up. Some of y'all, you got parents that they bang on your bed, like, get up, Billy, let's go. It's like, it's not like that. (laughs) Don't look at your parent if they do that, relax. But it's like, hey, get up. See, Jesus, at his whisper, dead things come alive. At his whisper, stuff comes back to life and is restored the very thing you thought wasn't possible. He's restoring and bringing back to life right now. He speaks to this girl's spirit. He speaks to her soul and he says, get up. My child, get up. Her spirit returned and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to get her some Chick-fil-A and eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. Let's pray real quick. Father, we thank you for what you're doing this morning. Lord, speak to us. Speak through these two stories, these two parallels, Father. We want to hear you. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. I wanna preach to you guys for the next couple minutes. I wanna preach to you a message titled this. Expect more. Expect more. Look to your neighbor to the left and say, hey neighbor, number one, you need to expect more. Expect more. All right, look to your other neighbor and say, neighbor number two, you were my second option, but you gotta expect more. Come on. <laughs> Come on, it's a joke. We're having fun. Expect more. Um, I have two crazy puppies, if you don't know. One's named Blaze, the other's Bentley. I think we got a picture. Do we got a picture? Can you put them up real quick? All right, on the left is Bentley. He is a mixed of some sorts. And on the right is our working line German shepherd named Blaze. I had to throw the working line in so you guys know I really do train him hard because that boy is crazy, but I love him to death. Um, okay, you can put him down. Actually, hold up. Leave it there for a second. Okay, so the other day, I'm sitting on that white couch you guys see right there. My head's laying on that, uh, on that white pillow right there. You can take it down now. And I'm I'm FaceTiming one of my friends and everything's going well. And Blaze comes out of nowhere and he jumps up on the couch, which he's not allowed to do, but he jumps up on the couch and he starts licking me. And I'm like, "Ah, good boy. Good job. Thanks for the kisses. It's so sweet. I don't know what he's thinking, but uh, that's what I'm thinking, that he's just being really sweet. And so he gives me these kisses and then it progressively gets a little bit worse. He like starts nibbling. And if you guys know anything about puppies, puppy nibble, training 101. Don't let your puppies get away with nibbling because it becomes a little crazier if you just let it get out of hand, okay? It picks up. So he's nibbling on me, and I'm like, I get all mad, and I'm like, no! Give him a little, a little tap for all you PETA people. Don't call PETA on me. Um, give him a little tap, and he doesn't get the point. He like nibbles a little bit more, and then he like, I feel his teeth. And I'm like, oh, my, my ear's getting like kinda warm. I'm like, I scream, I'm like, babe! My ear hurts. She's like, "You're gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. You're good." You know, that's her answer to everything. You're fine. You're dramatic. It's okay. And uh, she comes. I'm like, "No, no, no. My ear really hurts." She's like, "What?" She like walks over, and uh, I'm like, "My ear hurts." She's like, "You're gonna be fine." I'm like, "Here I am. Like, I'm dying. <laughs> like, ah, there's blood. I'm bleeding." And literally there's like blood gushing from my ear. My puppy has just bit me like for real. It's like a for real, for real bite. And uh, she's like, oh, you are bleeding. And I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to have some sympathy for me. You know, it's like I have these expectations for you to actually care about your husband who's dying from the ear bleeding. (laughs) Relax. It's a joke. It really did go down like that. I'm, I'm not kidding. Um. But it's really funny because every time something happens like that, I have this expectation that my wife is going to magically have like this sympathy for me. But apparently I've cried wolf too many times that she just doesn't. Um, and I have these expectations yet I'm, I'm let down often. And so here's what happens when we have expectations and we're let down, we typically stop having expectations. We're like, well, it didn't happen the way that I had wanted it to. So it must never happen. But my fear is that I wonder if some of us have taken that same ideology and applied it to our relationship with Jesus. He has not answered our prayers on our time, so we have started coming to church and having no expectation. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to speak to some some of you in here that are asleep in your faith, that God is saying it's time to rise up and it's time to expect more, that you've got to expect more from the God who created you and knitted you in your mother's womb. It's time to expect more because he wants nothing but the best for your life. Some of you are so asleep in your religious ideology that you come to church, crisscross your hands, sit during worship, expect something to happen, yet you don't respond at all. And I'm here to tell you that expectation must be met with engagement. Well, where are you getting that pastor? Where are you getting that idea? Um, Right here, this woman's been bleeding for 12 years. She shows up in this crowd. I don't believe she showed up for no reason. I believe she was expecting something. In fact, does the passage not tell us at the beginning that people were expecting him? Here is this woman that has been dealing with an issue of blood for 12 years. She's expecting for something to happen. But here's the deal. She didn't sit there and just go, I'm waiting for Jesus to show up one day. I'm just gonna sit here in the pew and go about it. No, she pushes herself through the crowd and she gets to him. She engages with her expectation. Some of you today, you are so dormant because you are not engaging with God. And may I remind you that it is a relationship. That it goes two ways you must talk and you must listen you must speak and he will speak you must engage with him because he has given you breath in your lungs thank god you are alive that you're in the pews right now at a service that you are breathing. There is breath in your lungs. Therefore, there is still a continuation of his purpose for your life. There is still something that he can use for good that thank God that 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 cancer or whatever that diagnosis was did not take you out, that you are still alive and breathing right now. It's time to stop being dormant in our faith and it's time to start responding to what he is doing. So this woman, she she gets through the crowd and she touches the edge of his cloak. And I want you guys to get this. He stops. He's like, who touched me? Remember? And the disciples are like, it's a whole crowd out here. I don't know who touched you. No, 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 no. Somebody touched me. And then he says, he proceeds to say that he felt power leave him. Well, hold up. We already know this woman's been healed and we know this woman knows she's been healed because it says she felt it instantly. And I'm, I, I'm just gonna go on a limb and say, if she's been bleeding for 12, 12 years, she darn knows if she's been healed or not. She's gonna, be, she's gonna be very cognizant of that. Yet Jesus pauses not once, but he pauses twice for her. And he says, no, 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 guys. And I wonder if Jesus was trying to teach Jairus a message of faith right here, that hold up you're about to see a miracle before your eyes because your miracle is in the making. And some of you are so bummed out that you're seeing stuff around your friend groups, that you're seeing your peers, that you're seeing friends that are experiencing miracles. And you're like, God, where are you at in my life? My marriage is on the brinks. I'm going through my savings account right now. My kids hate me. And life is just a mess. Where are you at? And God's saying, I need you to just not be afraid. And I need you to believe. And so he stops and he proves this point to his disciples and Jairus. And he says that, no, 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 no. Power has left me. And it says that the woman came trembling to his feet. Because at this point, she could not be seen in this public area. She was not to be touched, seen, or interacted with. She should have been on the outskirts of the town, yet she's right here. And it says she came trembling to his feet. And I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter what the world says. When you are under the covering of Jesus Christ, when you are under the covering of our God, it does not matter what the world says about you. It doesn't matter what's thrown at you. You can come to his feet, you can lay it down, and you can say, God, you can have my life. You don't gotta be afraid. She was trembling, but she knew she couldn't hide. Because she was under the Lord's covering at this point. It didn't matter what the people were going to say. Because she experienced a miracle. She comes to his feet. And I need you guys to see this. He says, he gives her a title. He gives her a name. He says, daughter. You guys notice that in this story, we only hear about Jairus and the disciples. We don't know this woman's name. She does not have a name. She has no, there's no meaning behind her at this point, until this point, she is just a woman, but God says, you are not just another individual, you are not just another person in church, you are not just a number, another number in the pews, that you are my son, you are my daughter, you are a husband and a wife, you are called by the Almighty God and you have a purpose and she comes and this woman for 12 years had no name I doubt anybody would have called her daughter or shaken her hand or had any meaningful interaction with her up until this point where Jesus designates her as daughter. You know why he did that? Because she was about to leave physically healed but spiritually dead. There's some of you that you've come to the cross, to the foot of the cross. And maybe you've experienced an extraordinary blessing in your finances. Maybe a business has boomed. Maybe your marriage is better than ever. Maybe you've had um, some incredible friendships build in your life. Maybe you've been healed physically, but God's like, if you don't come to my feet, you're gonna walk out with the miracle, but you're gonna walk out with no identity. He says, daughter, And here's the deal. You won't expect this. You won't expect anything from God unless you know who you are to God. If you don't understand the value he has placed on your life, you will never come into church with expectations of him. You can never expect more if you don't understand how much you mean to him. You'll just say you're another person. She was not just another woman. She was a daughter. For those of you that have kids, you know how valuable that is. You will go, I don't have kids, but I can just imagine because I've seen it in front of me. You will go to the ends of the earth for your children. Whatever it takes. Can I tell you when you are given this title of son or daughter, Jesus goes to the ends of the earth for you, even in the midst of a miracle where another man's daughter is dead, Jesus has the time to pause for one of his daughters and make her well because he knows he is outside of time, that he is in control, and I'm here to tell you, I don't know if you saw the number 12 multiple times in this passage, bleeding for 12 years, 12 year old girl, 12 disciples, the number 12 in the Bible has actually a meaning. The number 12 means dominion and authority. Jesus is here to say, I am the final authority. You've been bleeding for 12 years, but I have the final say. 12 year old daughter, you're dead right here, but I have the final say. You don't get the final say, he gets the final say. It doesn't matter what diagnosis has happened, it doesn't matter what thing has been thrown to you, I'm here to tell you right now that when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he is the final authority. You're not longer speaking to the employee, you're speaking to the manager. You're speaking to the owner. He gets the final say. Some of us in this room, we've got to begin to understand that if we want to have these expectations and come to church on a Sunday morning and be equipped. We've got to understand that it is so crucial for us to understand the value that God has placed in us. Otherwise, you will just sit through the motions, guys. And that is not God's best for you. You are not settling for God's best. Some of you in this room, you've got to stop settling for mediocre and you've got to start expecting more and saying, God, I expect you to show up. I expect this and it's not a selfish thing because it glorifies him. I'm not saying come in selfishly and say, God, it's about me. It's not about you, but it's about him and he wants to do good things. He wants to do good things in your life. If a parent gives a good gift, how much more does the father want to give you a good gift? He wants to bless you, but you've got to come and expect more. What does it cost you to expect? It really doesn't cost you much. In some cases, maybe. may cost you a friend or two. But here's what I know. Is that expectation is infectious. Why do we come to church? Because I want to be infected with good expectations. I don't want bad expectations. Oh, you remember those people that came out of Jairus' house? They were like, she's dead. Stop bothering the teacher. Some of you, you got spiritual friends like that in your life. Ah, stop going and listening to that pastor. He's got nothing to give you. Stop coming to Jesus because... That church has its problems. Yeah, welcome to church. It's run by people who have problems. We're broken. If you don't like it, that's okay. Find, but find a house that, fit, that is fitting for you. But here's what I'm trying to tell you is that it is so important for us to understand that we've got to expect more from God. You've got to expect. You keep saying that over and over, Mark. Yeah. Maybe you need to hear it over and over. It's time to expect more. It's time to raise our hands and worship and say, God, I, exp- I surrender and I expect the best for my life. Jesus, I'm believing for it. I will push through the crowds. I will do whatever it takes to get to you, Lord, because all I gotta do is just touch a garment. I just gotta get the edge of your cloak, God, and healing and restoration, it's on the way. I just need a little bit. And then God says, hold up, I'm not done with you. I want a relationship. So step out in faith. You want to live out loud? It starts private, but it becomes public real quick. It becomes public real quick. When you step into baptism, you officially have declared to the world that you are a follower of Jesus. And so Jesus, he, these people come and they're like, Jairus, your daughter's dead. He's at this point healed this woman. He's called her daughter and now Now he sees this diagnosis come and he he tells everybody to leave the house. He says, Peter, James, and John, you guys are coming with me. Jairus and your wife, you're coming in too. Everybody else leave. And it says that people were wailing. I don't know if you caught that. You know what's interesting? Is they would hire fake criers at these ceremonies in order to create an atmosphere. And I'm here to tell you that when you have the Holy Spirit, you don't, you don't gotta put on a performance. You don't gotta try to create an atmosphere. He will show up and create an atmosphere. You don't gotta try, you just gotta say, God, I'm here, and let him do his thing. I don't know what you've been going through, but God is saying, I'm gonna show up and be here for your life. I'm gonna pour out my spirit to you. I'm here. So he kicks all these people out, because remember, expectation is infectious. He didn't want these fake criers here who were already so negative about the situation when remember, he is in control. He is the number 12. He is authority. So he kicks them out and they go in and he gets to the girl and he speaks to her and he says, get up, get up. And the band, you guys can come on up. I'm gonna close right now. He says, get up. And he makes gyruses daughter whole. You see these stories, Dr. Luke did not put these stories next to each other for no reason. There's a reason and a purpose that these two stories are next to each other and that they actually happen in an an encounter together. There's a purpose for this. God is trying to prove a point here that at any given moment he has authority, he is in charge. Can I tell you, he is the beginning and the end, which means he was the beginning, he was the end of this woman's bleeding, and he was the beginning of the blood flow for the daughter. He was the beginning and he was the end. He put death away, he was the end of death, and he rose this woman to life, and that is what he wants to do in your life too. But, Mark, I'm so perfect. No, I'm here to tell you, we live in a broken world that is a sinful world. And if you have not accepted Jesus, you are metaphorically, spiritually bleeding right now. And that blood flow cannot be stopped until Jesus steps in. It cannot be stopped. So the question is, at what point do you continue to try to do this thing on your own? Are you running around to all the physicians? Are you running around trying to find answers in every other place? Waiting, hoping that someone's gonna take God's role because he's not, they're not. I'm sorry. That relationship may not be a cure for your bleeding. (laughs) That person in your life may not be a cure for your bleeding. That extra, those extra sales, and I'm not against sales, but your extra sales for your company and your cash flow coming in, that might not be the cure. See, there's nothing wrong with money. He says that the love of money, when money becomes your idol, that's when it becomes problematic of preachers telling me that no yeah because he has no problem with he wants you to be successful i i genuinely don't believe god has a problem with nice cars and different things and businesses booming he has no problem so long as he stays up top see what the interesting thing about this text is jairus would have never came to jesus remember he's a synagogue ruler he would have never came to jesus had it not been for his daughter i don't know if you guys have put two and two together But his daughter was his idol. It was not until his daughter's health issues that he surrendered to God. It was not until his daughter was dead that he showed up and said, I can't do it anymore. Don't wait till the last minute, guys. That's not God's best for you. It's time to expect more are we just gonna keep doing church and i'm not trying to make you emotional i just i want you guys to actually process and think about that are we gonna keep playing church hands crossed sitting through the motions or are we going to begin to expect more and say god i will push through the crowd if i need to god i will wait patiently next to people that you are blessing knowing that my miracle is on its way And I will not get jealous. And I will not have contempt towards people. And I will not feel a type of way because this church or that pastor or that thing does it differently. God, I still believe you are the authority. God, I still believe you are in control. God, you are still the beginning and the end. And though my blood flow maybe didn't stop and someone else has started, I'm still waiting because I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of a miracle and you are in the middle of a miracle you are in the middle of a revival there are people that are going from death to life every single day and it's time to step out and say god i need you i'm gonna expect more because i'm expecting your best for my life are you tired are you weary he was bruised for your iniquities He was beaten for your transgression. And I'm here to tell you that your failure is not final. It's not over. And I know I'm yelling because I'm excited and I'm passionate, guys. It's not to make the sermon different. I'm just excited. And some of y'all gotta wake up and have that passion. doesn't matter if it's in here, you need to take it out there. That's where it matters. It's great to meet in here, but you need it out there. This sermon needs to go out there, not here. I'm done. You ready? You ready to step in? You ready to accept Jesus? You ready to allow him to be Lord and not just Savior? Are we ready to move forward? Then we got to take that step and say, God, I'm coming to your feet. Whatever it is, I'm, I'm laying it down, God. Lord, I need you. That's it. My finances, I lay them at the altar. My relationships, I lay them at the altar. My sexuality, I lay it at the altar. My brokenness, my flaws, my sins, and my hidden, deepest, darkest secrets, I lay them at the altar. I lay them at the foot of the cross. And you are in control, Father. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just wanna pray for us. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are the beginning and the end that you are the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus, I thank you that you gave your life for us so that we could have a more abundant life here so that we could expect more. If you're in this room and maybe you'd say, Mark, something resonated with me today and I've never accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. If you'd like to say yes to Jesus today, here's what I wanna do. I want us to live it out loud. So on the count of three with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you'd like to say yes to Jesus, I just want you to slip up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three, that's me, Mark. That's me, I'd like to accept Jesus. I'd like to accept Jesus. That's amazing, that's amazing. I believe when you respond on, to, on the outside, it becomes more real on the inside. It's like, it's like that woman stepping out, saying I'm touching the garment, I'm raising my hand in surrender, I'm done holding on to pride and I'm moving forward. If you're in this room today and you'd say, Mark, I've made Jesus savior, but he's never been fully Lord of my life. If that's you this morning and you would like to accept jesus as your lord and the fullness thereof if you'd like to invite him in to every area you have not invited him in on the count of three would you slip up your hand one two three that's me i've accepted jesus but i haven't given him full access to my life i've accepted jesus but he doesn't have access to everything that's amazing god we thank you we love you lord and as the prayer team begins to come up if you raised your hand at any point during this service I wanna challenge you and encourage you to take that act of faith and just step out. Our prayer team would love to pray with you. They would love to help you take that next step. It's touching the edge of the garment. It's touching the edge of the garment. Life is better together. We are far better together than we are apart. So Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we get to meet in this house, your holy ground, Father. Lord, have your way. God, we thank you for your mercy, for your grace, and your love. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen.